Hey everyone, it's Psychic Medium Tammy Schuster and welcome to this episode of Angels, Awakenings, and Afterlife. So I want to talk about something that seems to be on a lot of clients' minds lately. And it's like, I don't know if I would say it's the taboo subject or what, but it just seems to be lately and um, not just theirs. As I'm pushing 58, you know, your thinking starts to change, you know, and it's like this. So death is the one thing that we all have in common. Okay. But the irony is our fears can make us feel alone, but yet no one is actually alone. Everyone has been through it with someone else and we're all going to go through it for ourselves. You know, um, again, like I said, it's just something we don't seem to talk about. And when fears come up, you know, we're reluctant to share them around people with people that we know. We just think, you know, you don't want to over exaggerate. And, you know, sometimes maybe the ones closest to us that you're really struggling and you want to talk to them about it, maybe they just face something. And so you don't want to burden them, you know, and, and then we also start to think that, that we're morbid or we're going to damper the mood or we're just afraid, you know, then we get afraid thinking about death and, and we avoid it. Um, at some point though, we're going to be face to face our fears. After all, what happens when the lights go out remains the biggest mysteries, even for me. I mean, I know where I'm going, but that transition from here to there is that's reserved, that's private. So it's all like, you know, we can all, a lot of us can agree on where we're going, what it's going to be like, but that uncertainty from when my light goes out here to when my light goes there, um, that's going to be my life's biggest mystery until I get where I'm going, you know? So, and you know that the current, current circumstances in our times, we're, our thoughts are turning and, you know, we start feeling insecure about a lot of things and then stress goes up. You know, it's not a bad thing necessarily to um, think about death. I mean, it can make us make important changes in our life. And I don't mean like sit and wish you were dying, but in 2020, when I got really sick and they were chasing their tail at first, didn't know what was going on. My body was shutting down. Um, they didn't think I would be here. I had to face it and um, it was the scariest, painful anger. I mean, there's so much going on. It was my first grandchild's first Christmas and I, with everything they were saying, I was going to maybe make it to Christmas, but definitely not his first birthday in April. So I had to face a lot of things and change a lot of things. And I even bought 10 years worth of birthday cards and board games and things like that, that I wanted to make sure that I had. Now, had I not face that, I wouldn't have thought about those things. And I'm, I mean, I'm glad I'm here and I, I didn't have to give them to him, but I also wanted to be the ones to share those first board games. So I think, you know, it made me question whether I'm living a life that's on my values or important to me. Um, but I'll tell you, I've made a lot of changes since then as far as boundaries, who I let in my life, what I spend my time on. Um, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about death and I don't think you should either. Um, but it's real, you know, and I think if we completely ignore it, um, you just, I think we make it worse. And for me, and I'm sure it's the same for you. I know one of my clients who she's never, she's always said, I'm not afraid of where, you know, death and I'm ready for this journey. And, but 
you know, most people, they don't even start worrying about death until they lose someone close to them. You know, when you can shine a light on someone who's so close to you or a close call or near death experience, you know, in the same, it, it just changes you. You, you start to be more vulnerable. You start to pay attention. Um, it, it's not like, it's going to develop seemingly out of the blue. I mean, you're not just going to wake up with a panic. Oh my God, I'm dying. Um, I'm just talking about the people that look at their ages and, you know, just it, it's there. I think of things differently. I don't just think of death. They think of, okay, my grandkids are two and one and I'm going to be 58. So then I start putting how many years do I have left roughly? What, milestones am I going to see? Like, I think that's a healthy form of understanding because then I think in, okay, school years, am I going to be there? And, and there's a chance I'll be there for some, will I be there for all of them? Who knows? But you know what? Then I'm invested. I would say more at my age, like I'm not going to miss anything. I don't want to miss anything they're doing. So I think that we can think about death dates, um, without having the anxiety or fear. And I don't think that we should avoid situations that make us talk about it either. Um, now, if I have physical symptoms, obviously my brain thinking of death is way different than, you know, when I just see my grandkids and I love spending time with them and I'm starting to think, you know, what I can do. I mean, if I'm feeling heart palpitations or, you know, the stomach pain that I had before or anything that has to do with health, of course, I start thinking the other ways. And, but generally you guys, it's important that we understand our age and our age isn't definitely a guarantee of how long I, I know too many people who's passed at very young ages. Um, so you can't do that. But in my brain, I'm rationalizing that I am older and I am going to make sure that I know that I'm older and I know, I know the condition of my body and that I'm investing in the times that, um, is there. So a lot of clients and, and again, I don't know if it's the times that we're in or the uncertainty or the expenses or mercury retrograde. So many people that normally that I have that are in charge of their emotions and, and laid back. Not that we don't all have things going on, but there's a difference of having things going on or, or, you know, letting your emotions run wild or, or you controlling them. So these are people that I've come to know over many, many, many years of readings. And they're not like normally they just want to talk about death and what does it mean? And what is it going to be like? And those are things that I can't, answer because I think it's personal for everyone. Um, I can talk to people from the other side who's went, who's passed, who tells me it, it's beautiful and they're with their loved ones or, you know, people that's got work to do. But that actual transition from when my light goes out here until I'm in that light there, um, I don't know. I always say those, that's, that's the whole uncertainty for me. I know where I'm going to end up, but that journey from here to there um, don't fixate too much on it because everyone I've ever talked to makes it from the light going out to, to the light to be judged to go where they're going. So I, I try not to spend too much time, but it does make you think. Um, and it, it's just crazy. And so I think times are changing. I think it's appropriate to um, talk about 
death and not avoid it and think about it on the the basis of I'm not dead yet. What do I still want to do? I don't want you talking about death and looming and thinking, oh my God, I'm this age and I'm, you know, I'm falling apart. I look at it as, okay, I can still chase my grandkids around. I watched them the other day for 12 hours and out of those 12 hours, we just had probably a good six hours worth of dancing. Now they're little, (laughs) they can handle it. Um, they, they can drop it like it's hot and I just drop. So we danced, we played music and we chased each other around. And, you know, so I think about, yep, that's what I can do now. And probably five more years, it's not going to be more like dancing as much as it's going to be scooting. Um, but that's going to be okay. Or walking or hikes. Um, so I think about death on that perception. Now, I'm going to switch to another client that I have that is in transition. And when I talk about transition, I say that because um, she is transitioning from here to there. She is, um, yeah, I don't want to give too much away. Um, She listens and I love you to death. And I'm so grateful that your son brought you to see me. Um, we pretty much said our goodbyes. We feel it's probably her last time. Um, this amazing woman has fought cancer like nobody's business and her facing death is saying goodbye to people. Her facing death is knowing that she's exhausted everything, knowing that, um, what's coming is different, like signing the hospice paperwork. So her facing death was coming in, helping to get right with things and burdens that she wanted to let go of. So now that's a much heavier topic of conversation. And I still think um, we can learn that. And I know when they told me I only had a few months to live, um, I wrote letters. I wrote letters to each of my kids that would be given to them when I die. Um, I wrote letters to two friends. Um, one I never mailed the other one after I found out I was living because I loved her so much. And she was so a part of this journey. I mailed it to her so she could read it. Cause I thought, you know what, why do we wait? Why am I not telling her how important she is? And for my kids, it was all the things that I just wished that I would have told them about that I did wrong, or I wish I could have done things different. I wish I was better. Um, those kind of things that I felt like I needed to say, not for them, but for me, because I, I, they say they knew, they know those things. You don't have to say that, but I did because I felt like I should have done better, could have done better. I think we all go through that. And it, it's, it was what I needed to do for me. Just like the birthday cards to my grandkids was, to encourage him and to tell him how much I loved him. And um, if he had this gift, because I wouldn't be here to help him to not be scared, not to be ashamed to make sure he talked to his mom and dad um, and a letter to them about what to do, how to help, because there was a real chance that he would 
be carrying on this gift that I have. And there was a real good chance that I was not going to be here. So I don't think we should avoid it. I don't think we should sit around and say, oh, so-and-so's diet. I, I just think that when I say we need to talk about death, I think it's in the form of, for me, um, okay, I'm this age, no day is promised. What am I going to start doing? What am I going to do that's going to make memories, that's going to add value, that is going to make my loved ones have things to hold on to when I'm gone? Because they can't hold on to material things aren't going to mean anything to these people, you guys. I want my grandson to hold on to the dance parties. I want him to hold on to the tractor rides. I want him to hold on to chasing him around the kitchen, you know, and hiding and jumping out and rocking him and sing. I want my granddaughter to remember me singing Twinkle Little Star to her, even how badly it may be. Um, so when you do these things, you know, it's one thing that everyone has in common, you know, it, but if you can do this the right way, it's really going to become a driving course that can make you feel truly alive. It'll make you start embracing life. Instead of being afraid of death, turn our focus on embracing it, you know, create the moments in a way that counts. That's all I'm saying. You guys, we have that ability. Um, yeah. People say, if you have it, if you know, then you can do things differently. Well, maybe, maybe we, we all know we're dying someday anyway. So maybe we all should start incorporating these values and things that are important to us and admit, you know, our own problems that we're having, empower ourselves, you know, to take the necessary steps to start living large, living right. It doesn't mean living recklessly. I'm not at all asking you to live recklessly. That is completely stupid. I'm not saying that we don't have to, um, I don't want you sitting around and talking about death all the time, but there, if you have the fear of death or the dying process, like many of us do, it's an uncertain feeling about death. I think it's so extreme that sometimes it can interfere with a person's well-being, and it can affect their ability to function in a daily life. And I think that comes from when we lo lose someone in a horrible way or a, a terrific way or accident or suicide. I think we get fixated for a while and it, the anxiety takes over. Um, my niece, I'm, I'm fighting that whole thing right there with her and, and her transition. And I don't have any control over that, but she left me this whole world on September 24th um, after losing her own battle to depression. So there for a while I was, I was feeling the panic of death, the fear of death, the fear that where did it go? The unknown, the die, you know, the, the, this whole thing, how, how could I do to help her? Where is she at? What is she doing? But then I realized that wasn't for me, but what I can do with that is then try to help her loved ones and try to help me to remember that it's her journey and that everyone makes it where they're going um, despite the way that they get there. And I think that's another hard topic that people don't want to talk about. So for my client that came this past week, um, I have never seen so much grace in someone who 
wanted to come say goodbye, wanted to make sure her loved ones were ready for her on the other side. She knew they were, but she needed to hear some things from them. Um, to hearing her talk about signing her own hospice stuff so that her family didn't have to do it. That is grace. That is like the strongest grace in death. And when I asked her about it, she said that then I can face death and my kids can grieve. If they're happen to sign all this stuff, then they're facing my death and feeling like they're partly signing it and they're not grieving. And she has been forcing them to grieve. They, she's been in their face about, listen, this is where I'm at. They're saying one to three months max. This is what I want. And she's making them face it. And, and I think, you know, everyone has to do things their way, but I have never met a stronger woman, a woman more poised. Um, not that she wants to die, but she knows it's going to happen. And she said, I'm not spending my energy fighting against death. I'm spending my energy to assure that I'm ready. So with that being said, um, she didn't live life that way until she obviously got her diagnosis. She lived carefree. She, you know, took care of her family. She's a grandma and she's having to say goodbye. So those is as hard and heart-wrenching as it is. She said it's a gift. Um, she lost a family member in a car accident. And she said, as hard as it's been for my family to see me sick, I've got to say everything I needed to. My family member didn't. They were just gone. And I am on the fence as far as that. I try not to think how I'll go, when I'll go, what it's going to be like. Like I said, when I'm facing death, it's trying to declutter my house I'm getting older. What am I? I know my kids aren't going to want these things. Why am I holding on to it? It's about the dance parties instead of then coming home and taking the Tylenol and rubbing Ben Gay all over your legs because you can't hurt. It's about doing that stuff with your kids and your grandkids while you can. That's how I'm really facing death is by living life. And no matter which way you have to do it, don't let the anxiety of it go. Me, I am definitely grounded in faith. That doesn't mean that I don't have that fear of from my biggest fear, like I said, and I'll say until the day I go, is the day that when my light goes out until I get to the light. That is the unknown for me. As many people as I'm talking to, they share what it is, how they are, where they're at. I don't know what that journey is like. And I would say that's probably for me, my anxiety when I start facing death. Um, so I wanted to approach this subject because so many people has been asking about it lately. And it's something that I know, unfortunately, way too well with many different circumstances in my life. Um, being a three-time cancer survivor, almost dying in 2020, losing a dad to suicide, losing a new niece to suicide, losing my daughter's godmother to suicide, um, so many loved ones to cancer. So yeah, it, it's something that none of us, every one of us are alike in the sense that we all have to face death at some point with loved ones and with ourselves. So 
I will talk to you guys soon. And remember, please be kind to yourself. Remember, your voice is the loudest voice in your life. So use that voice to build you up and not tear you down.